The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush and this is Beyond episode 597, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we tell you all the latest and greatest going on in the world of PlayStation, give you our opinions on the games we've been playing, talk about rumors, news, previews, reviews, did I say reviews again? No, that was Uh, the first time. Views, the album. Yeah. Uh, and that's about the, it. The Drake album? Yeah, the Drake album. Okay, we I talk think. about that every week. Do you not remember? No, did you do that after I leave? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, anyway, my <laughs> name again is Jonathan Dormish. This is episode 597. I am joined by Tom Marks. Hello. Uh, Tom, is it... Mm. Um, I have so many R names I'm going to go first to. Is it Brian Altano is also with us? Yes, I'm you here. You are with us. We yes. can confirm. Great. Beyond. Thank you so yeah. much. If uh, you're watching the video, our, our names, our titles are a little screwed up. Yeah. Uh, I'm Max Scoville. Yeah, I really about. expected everyone was going to be in certain seats, and then we just started, so I forgot to change those. No, it's uh, fine. I don't have nearly enough palm trees on my shirt to be Max. Is that, that's you. You go <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, Max okay. will hopefully be joining us in a bit. He is currently engaged in another uh, video shoot, but Tom is your middle name. I can't even remember all the ones I've guessed before. But is it, as a fan wrote in and suggested, Rasputin? No. No. It's actually recipe. Definitely not. It's not that either. (laughs) Really? That would be good. Good Richard? No. Rick? Wow. You're just going. No. Ricky? No. Robbie? Ritz? No. No. Rivers? No. We could do this all day. No, we should probably talk about PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but before we do, a uh, quick number of notes. Uh, as I mentioned, this is episode 597. Episode 600 is on the way. Uh, I'm going to have information next week. This is a very short week, so things are kind of crazy. But I will have, will have information next week on how you will be able to be a part of it, uh, talking about the show. I think we have some really exciting plans and very much looking forward to recording that episode. But other than that, uh, Lucy uh, unfortunately could not be with us this week. She had many other fires to put out because it is a short week and there's a lot of crazy stuff to do. So she is unfortunately busy, but she'll be back. She promised to do three shows in a row. So I believe it when I hear it. That's like a pledge. I'm putting that on record. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Also, this week's show brought to you by Diet Snapple. Diet Snapple, a thing I buy at least four bottles of a day from our kitchen vending machine. Snapple. Do you really? Please send me at least two. Is that that's only 10 calories? Yeah. Wow. I need to get in on yeah. that. That's a total of like 40 calories a day at most. Yeah. And that's all I have per day. So. I think you just burn that explaining how, Probably. how, how much you love those. Yeah, that was a goof, right? It is no, a goof, actually. but Snapple, 
please uh, sponsor the show and send me Snapple. Thank you. Yep. Uh, oh, it anyway, was a proposition. Yes, it was, a pro- it, it was an ask for sponsorship uh-huh, uh-huh. for Snapple, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest PlayStation brand around. Of course, we are here to talk about PlayStation. Um, we have plenty to talk about. Unfortunately, I don't have the jingles. We have a new laptop in the podcast room, but unfortunately, someone, Dan Parkhurst, didn't upload all of the jingles onto it. So, Tom, give me a news crunch jingle right now. No, 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 news crunch. Crunch. Ronnie, please turn that into a new news crunch jingle. We can alternate between. Perfect. No, 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 news crunch jingle. That child got fired. Yeah, we we were sick of him, uh, mm-hmm. but also we couldn't pay him. So he's gone. But what is here or will be here soon, PlayStation Plus for July. Uh, we had a bit of a change. We were going to talk about it and we still will. But there was a bit of a change in the lineup for this uh, for July. So it's still two games. But originally, the two games were supposed to be Horizon Chase Turbo, mm-hmm. which is still part of the lineup, and then uh, Pro Evolution. Soccer, yes, was the other game. 2019. Thank you. Uh, however, in a last-minute switcheroo, the PlayStation blog announced that instead of PES 2019, Detroit Become Human Deluxe Edition, which includes Heavy Rain, is now the free games, first free game. I didn't know it had July. heavy Heavy Rain in there too. Yes, yeah, the Digital Deluxe Edition, uh, which also includes Heavy Rain. Uh, it doesn't include, of course. Why am I blanking? But there are other like Beyond Two Souls, yeah. but. Uh, Heavy Rain is the better of those two, so wow. you make off pretty well. It's like the good old days of PlayStation Plus when yeah. you got more than two games. You're getting three games, technically. Uh, <laughs> note from the PlayStation blog, Heavy Rain is not available in uh, Bahrain, Lebanon, um, Oman, Oman, I never know how to say it, mm. uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and uh, the United Arab Emirates, and is replaced by Beyond Two Souls, in fact. Hmm. Oh. So... Someone's getting Beyond Two Souls this Yeah, week. But anyway... Um, <laughs> we didn't know what happened there? No, they didn't explain. The PlayStation blog just did what they normally do, and I appreciate their transparency with it. Uh, when they make a change on the PlayStation blog, they just keep all of the text they originally posted and just cross it out mm-hmm. and then add mm-hmm. their new context. That's so nice. it was going to be this, and they were like, hey, we had to change this, and so that's where it is now. Uh, but they didn't give any reasoning for it. Um, but I think we can assume... Yeah. I mean, people were kind of mad, right? People were pretty disappointed with this month. Yeah, play. yeah, they were. Um, before we get into that, I want to say real quick, uh, Horizon Chase Turbo is awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for like a arcadey, fun, totally sort of retro throwback racing game um, and you don't want anything that's too serious and too much like, you know, Forza or something like that, just something that's like very fun, laid back, arcadey, um, very kind of hyper polished cruising USA, but way more stylized and angular uh that game rules so playstation plus to me has always been like a great way to explore games that i totally missed and you probably missed this one um so check that out as for the other game uh we've reviewed it and we liked it beyond t- or detroit. uh detroit become human uh yeah so in case i said it incorrectly um the game that won't be in some of those territories is heavy rain won't be in this yes. not yeah just in case i said detroit but anyway but yeah. pro evolution soccer i think when most of us who aren't into soccer heard about that it was like oh that's not for me at all it wasn't even like oh that's not a genre i don't like but that's like an entire universe i don't care about yeah you know although but, soccer is tremendously popular of so. course yeah it's worldwide probably the most popular sport but it is one of those things where it's like probably the people who were going to buy pez already did yeah i would assume yeah um yeah it just felt i think the biggest i i did see a lot of outcry and i think we all did of people were not super happy when the lineup was pro evolution soccer and uh, horizon chase turbo and i think having detroit in here is great um i wish there were more 
PS4 exclusives that were in here more often. And and this is one that came out last year. Yeah, um, that's huge. Which I feel like is probably they had like a really last minute shuffle uh, and wanted needed to shake it around. So they wanted something good. But why we're not getting PS4 exclusives from like 2014 and 15? <laughs> like, yeah, e- yes, they may not even be the best games, but like put Killzone Shadowfall on there mm-hmm. or even put Knack, like something that just, oh, this is only something I can get on PS4. If you missed it the first time around, maybe you bought a PS4 in the last year or two. Yep, I, like, lo- I love that. They're just, I think when it was Pez and Horizon, everyone was like, man, if I don't like soccer, there is maybe one game for me this month. Yeah. And when we're used to getting six games and possibly having one to six games mm-hmm. instead of one or two games. Right. It's, it's also, that's not the Horizon people wanted. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. But uh, no, I think you're totally right, Jonathan. Like, uh, this is a good time for Sony to reflect and sort of go on a little victory lap of the last, you know, five years of this generation and sort of be like, hey, remember this? Uh, well, here it is again for free. Um, they did that with Bloodborne one month, which was fantastic because I got to t- yell at everybody and be like, download this right now. You don't have to play it right this second, but just add it to your library, get to it eventually, um, just have it. So that would be uh, more stuff like that would be super cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think we're going to probably have to see some shift in what PlayStation Plus is going into the PS5, especially with, you know, Game Pass being what it is mm-hmm. and continuing to be this incre- uh, incredible, crazy thing. In addition, that you can buy with games with gold. Obviously, that's four games still a month. Yep. Um, two, three, sixty, two Xbox One, but everything available on Xbox One always, I think. Um, that's a way better deal. Yeah. In addition to, and now it's like with these special deals they have with uh, Game Pass and Xbox uh, Live, where you can buy both for a dollar after E3. It's hard not to say like where the the value is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of bums me out because this is obviously I I don't know if it's a mix of Sony being like we're number one, so we don't have to really do anything differently, and two or or two them being sort of like. Uh, it's we're too late into the console life cycle to really overhaul the whole thing here. Um, I don't know if it's like an infrastructure issue. I'd like to think it's that. And that's why they're holding back because like the good thing to do for fans, especially in lieu of PlayStation plus going from three or four or five games a month to two um, would be to roll out some sort of thing where it's a, a better value across the board, steal a game pass thing, throw in a couple extra games there. I did see that in some territories they're dropping the price of PlayStation Plus, oh, like yeah, a I tiny bit. Too, yeah. And they're like hyper-specific territories, but maybe that's something they're exper- experimenting with. Yeah, seeing how it affects uh, membership rates. That's um, the uh, that's the sort of like the, the mantra of Nintendo Online, which is like, it's really cheap, so when it sucks, it doesn't sting that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Max is joining us. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. We're going to wait until... Oh. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. Max. <laughs> um, we're talking about PlayStation Plus free games for the month. Um, I did want to ask, so you're here for the new question. This is perfect. Uh, do we think indie games still have a place on PlayStation, like a prominent place? Because I remember back in the early days of the PS4 press conferences, it was like they're bringing out indies left and right. Obviously, No Man's Sky was a thing they put so much promotional uh, attention behind. Uh, it seemed like a really big emphasis of what they were doing, especially when the Vita was still a thing because yep. the Switch kind of took the place of the Vita, albeit for a much larger audience. Do we feel like indies have a place currently on PlayStation? Do we feel like they will on PS5? Or do we feel like it's kind of not the best place to launch your indie game? I mean, it'd be really cool if we saw kind of the same amount of attention that Game Passes seems to be giving indies. Uh, I feel like maybe Microsoft is eating Sony's lunch in that department and just that sheer amount of like, you know, new indie games that had the little Game Pass logo on them 
during their E3 conference. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what, uh, what Sony's doing there, but it, it's a little bit of a, it's a little tricky and it is a little disappointing given the history that you just talked about, right? Given that sort of like that that past support for them, it could be that they are just sort of like Brian was saying earlier, kind of turtling up mm-hmm. until the next console life and then they might recommit to that sort of thing. But the it's it's you know, it's just a simple matter of like if you don't look at this E3 because they weren't there, but the year before, like it's just math, right? Like it's arithmetic. You look at they showed what a less than ten games or whatever it was. You know, only a few major ones is kind of what yeah. the focus was at least. And then Microsoft is just both two years in a row has just been like, here's fifty things. Yeah. Right? Meanwhile, the Switch is basically the Vita too, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like, I mean, it's it's also perfect because it's a, you know, it's a it's an early kind of underpowered system that has a huge. Uh, you know, huge community. Yeah. Why wouldn't you throw your like unity game on there? And you don't feel bad about playing any games on there. Not that you should feel bad, but I mean, there is this sort of like weird thing that happens when you buy, you know, a 70 inch 4k TV and a $500 console and you sit down and you pay like a a pixel art platforming game. Um, I think people demand this like bleeding edge, you know, top of the line technology stuff when they're playing games and they're getting that from the AAA first party stuff and second party stuff that Sony's funding independently. Um, I talked about this a bit on Jeff Kanata's show the other day, DLC. So sorry if you listen to that and I'm double dipping a bit. But there was a time specifically when Adam Boys was around uh, during the PlayStation uh, where they were funneling in indie devs all the time. And Damon Baker at Nintendo did a great job of that. Now, Nintendo has great people doing that as we speak. But um, I think we are going to see less and less of that going forward of Sony basically helping to fund these mm-hmm. projects and bring them to completion rather than uh, just so, sort of like huddle up around the big studios they have right now, like, you know, Santa Monica and b- basically and, and Insomniac and everybody else. Um, so that, that kind of bums me out because I do think that there's like this idea that a system should be able to play everything. And because the PS5 will sell well, It'll get indie games, and so they'll get that optics no matter what. But to be there and sort of go, oh, you guys need X amount of money, and you need three months, and you need someone to come in and like sort of like help bring development along. I mean, I think that's like that's something that indie studios really need and can really benefit from. Yeah, and ID at Xbox does that. A fair yeah, amount. but I will say. Uh, I don't think that that means I, – I totally agree with you. I don't think Sony is doing that. But I don't think that that means that the PlayStation is just this barren wasteland for indies, right? Oh, I don't, yeah. I think that there are still a lot of really good indie games on PS4 and a lot of developers make the effort, at least from what I've noticed. You know, uh, you kind of get that thing where most indie games come out on PC first. They come out on Steam and then they'll sort of disperse to other consoles if they're not being directly supported by somebody. And I feel like Switch and PS4 are still the top of that list, right? Yeah. Switch is is the most common, but I I at least have the perception that indie games come to PlayStation 4 before they come to Xbox uh, when they're going through that port process. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels like the shift is happening a bit, and I would say, like you were mentioning Damon Baker, he's now at Xbox. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can probably owe at least a decent amount, um, he's only been there for a few months, but a decent amount of like, their conference this year 
to the work that he was doing at Nintendo yep. and probably what mm-hmm. he's looking to do here. And yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's it's not that uh, indie games aren't coming to PlayStation. It just it doesn't feel like they're as integral to like when you think of what you're going to play on PlayStation. It's oh that new indie game also came out this week. Mm-hmm. Though also indie has become such an arbitrary term because yeah. I don't even know what it means anymore. I yeah. actually haven't known what it meant for a long time. Like it, it means video game with a small marketing budget now. Like kind kind of that's what it means. Right. Cuz I mean there are there are small there are small video games developed by small teams that are like sort of published by giant publishers. I mean and Death Stranding is technically an indie game that's being published by a massive corporation. Yeah, right. But like Kojima Productions is an independent studio. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird that's a weird quandary. It's well, and it's that weird thing of like EA Originals is indie games published by EA. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you want to get really terrible about it, Valve is an indie studio, right? Half-Life 2 is an indie game. Yep. Right. But it's like the no Star Wars was an almost like film. that name sort that word doesn't really mean anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's just a yeah. weird label. And I think yeah. it did have value at some point, right, when it was much harder to make games, but now that there's it's it's still incredibly hard to make games i don't want to undersell that but like now that it's more accessible the tools are more accessible it's Mm -hmm. sort of well lost a lot of meaning there was something sort of quaint about uh like download uh, like file size caps on software because for a while we'd just be like check out these new downloadable games and you'd be like (laughs) well you wouldn't you wouldn't download uncharted it's too big to download (laughs) and so you would just get these games that are like 512 megabytes and these these things sort of had a ceiling to them well i think it was obviously like an artifact at the time but i think ign even had a show that was like the download it was called on the download on the download yeah Yeah. it was about downloadable games and somebody i was in a meeting a couple months ago and somebody had like kicked around the idea of bringing that back and i was like literally everything is downloadable now Yeah. yeah it's like oh what's hot to download this week Everything, I don't know, an entire 4K season of a TV show on airplane <laughs> Wi-Fi, anything you want. You can like, download this week Outer Wilds on your Xbox, Stranger Things from your Netflix yeah, app, Red or Dead, Judgment it's on 110 PS4. gigs. Like, yeah, yeah, right? It's I think all, a funny one was that game Ruiner, yeah, uh, which right. is like, that's mm-hmm. technically an indie game. I think Devolver published that. Yeah. It was, you know, it's an isometric sort of hotline-esque shooter. And that had a massive, massive file size because all the cutscenes, which it had plenty of, were rendered in like some weirdly uncompressed format. <laughs> so that thing was bigger than like a lot of AAA games. Dude, there are so many games I'll download on on Switch or PS4 where I'm like, oh, this like there's this tiny indie game and it's got a huge file size, and then there's like a AAA first party game, and like they just figured out a way to squash it down. It's like Mario Kart is 12 gigs. Yeah, like, how did yeah, that happen? Exactly. Um, well, speaking of games on my hard drive that are taking up way too much space, Spider-Man PS4, when you have all of the DLC chapters, it becomes over like 100 gigs. It's a really big file size. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah at oh, least man. on mine. Ooh. I did not realize but, that. And, but you can't delete it. No. Because? Because I? because I need to update the file size to make it even bigger because we have new free DLC suits uh, in conjunction with Spider-Man Far From Home now in theaters, uh, coming to theaters. The Peter Parker's upgrade suit and the stealth suit are now available in the game, and I'm going to try to not mess this up too much. Did it mess up? It might have messed up. I was going to play you video, and now it's like we don't need to play you video. There we go. Anyway, um, so Mark Medina of our video team took some gameplay capture of the two new suits, which are, of course, based on Tom Holland's suits in the new movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are available for free. They're just cool, awesome free downloads that Insomniac put out like they did with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man suit um, and one or two other suits. I'm blanking on which. um, But, of course, they've just added those, and you can now jump around. What a great game. I love it. It's so cool. And five gigabytes per suit. (laughs) 
shout out to Brian Intahar and everybody over at Insomniac who made this game because it's just like such a perfectly scoped concept is to take this brilliant open world Spider-Man game that I know we've said it before lets you feel like Spider-Man <laughs> um, and just it constantly let you feel it, it makes, makes you. you feel like Spider-Man it taught me how to be a dad um, or the other jokes the uh, the they just keep adding new content to this game and every time they do that I'm like I want to go back in here and swing around the city you know yeah it's just a cool new excuse to oh go man they added games. a Sam Fisher costume that's great <laughs> um, yeah I really appreciated the post launch support not just the paid DLC they had there, and I totally wish they would do more of that um, in sort of like a larger form but just occasionally every few months getting new Spider-Man suits yep. um, I think it's such a cool idea and it like opens the idea of like Sony support for games. Cause I think for the most part, and I do think it's a cool thing and I did want to bring this up also. Um, it's a cool DLC format that we haven't seen from a lot of PlayStation first party games. Obviously this is Insomniac. So it's that second party weird area, yep. but as exclusives, um, you know, we'll get big expansions to uh, a horizon zero dawn, but like between the God of war, uh, new game plus updates, Spider-Man updates like this. And then days gone just for the upcoming next 12 weeks, we'll have new challenges in a brand new challenge mode that was added last week for free each week. They're just adding new challenges that you can go tackle if you want. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really cool model to pe keep people engaged with a game you would otherwise possibly sell back after you're done. No, totally. And it's also like Spider-Man is never going to vanish from our sort of pop culture vernacular. There's constantly Spider-Man movies. There was a Spider-Man movie last year. There's a Spider-Man movie this year. Between then, he made appearances in other films. Um, and so in lieu of having like a dedicated Spider-Man, the official movie, the game, to have a Spider-Man video game that gets updated with movie content and reminds people that it exists and gets people to buy it for the first time is brilliant. Um, my favorite part about this launch, uh, and I promise I'm not trying to throw shade at all, the PlayStation blog post uh, as written from Insomniac says, while we're busy working away here at Insomniac Games, just completely sidesteps mentioning what they may be working oh. on. Oh. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, right? Spider-Man 2. Just tell me. Venom. Probably. Carnage. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, very excited to see this. Very excited to finally go see Spider-Man tonight. Um, have you guys seen it? Nope. Okay. Not yet. Cool. No spoilers yet. Uh, what we will spoil, though, however, for you is an interview that Jim Ryan of Sony gave recently, uh, pointing to the idea that Sony is possibly looking to acquire more studios. Um, this is a thing that Sean Layden kind of talked about a little earlier this year, but um, talking to Nikkei, uh, translated via Gamatsu, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan said, quote, that content is more important than ever before. Uh, end quote. And so in order to secure more content, the company is considering um, merger and acquisition of other game developers. Um, Ryan also said, companies new to the games industry looking at the market with hope is something we definitely welcome. Sony Interac Interactive Entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. So I don't think that necessarily, to me, that, yeah, um, that last part to me means they're not necessarily looking to acquire the biggest of the big studios. But um, I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious that they would need more people in the stable, right? Yeah. Not, not that Sony's first party output has been bad by any means, but no. it's infrequent yeah. at best. Well, also, um, what I like about this is that this is them sort of staffing up to take on potentially a bunch of genres and, and areas in gaming that they're not covering right now instead of forcing the studios they have already to make those things, you know? Mm. Instead of being like, hey, Corey Balrog, make a MOBA. <laughs> like, he can make God of War 2, Return of the Crate, 
Or he can make, you know, like a, a, a battle royal game. And I don't want him to do the second one of those things. Actually, he'd probably be awesome at that. But uh, I'd rather they throw those at a bunch of studios who have ideas for those things. Um, so I'm not really sure who I want to see them get because they have a really awesome stable right now. But um, it doesn't hurt to have more studios. I mean, you have Microsoft coming out at every E3 being like, we bought, we got more studios. <laughs> Can't show you what they're working on for another eight years. Well, and especially when some internal Sony studios are very much focused on PSVR games. Like yep. London Studio did awesome work with Blood and Truth, but that is, of course, a game that is for 120th of the PlayStation 4 audience, yeah. which is not what Sony necessarily wants to play to always. What about Hello Games? Yeah. What if they bought Hello Games? Do you think Hello Games would want to? No. <laughs> I feel like they've so like pushed themselves away from each other. I mean, yeah, they just they just put out PSVR mm. support. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I I guess before that though, it felt like Hello Games really wanted to like partner with everyone else but PlayStation for a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm. Um, what about Housemark? That seems like yeah. a safe bet. Save those guys, rescue them. Uh, Blue Point. They, yeah, Blue Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Whenever they need much. a remake, Blue Point is just there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, having like an in-house remaster studio that would mm-hmm. be nuts. Nintendo has that with Grezzo. They're doing, they did Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and they're doing the new Link's Awakening, which is like super smart to just be like, hey, we want to bring a cherished Zelda game out. Um, Here's a studio that does it well. Uh, So I think Sony having their own version of that would be awesome. Um, Earlier this year, Sean Layden said, uh, in terms of looking for new studios, let's see now what we might add to our arsenal. I've looked at some opportunities in the past. It's an opportunity to look for the ones that are the best cultural fit. We're always exploring opportunities. If we found a partner or a team or a game that we felt was particularly meaningful and interesting in a service area, we will look to bring that in. We're always open to that kind of experience. So I definitely do think like multiplayer is something that they're probably going to acquire first yep. instead of like pure storytelling games. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they got that covered. I also don't think I've I've seen a lot of speculations that it's like super pie in the sky here, but they're not buying Rockstar. <laughs> oh yeah, that came from um there was a, like two or three months ago there was a story where from analysts people took the idea that there was a boardroom meeting where Sony was talking to Rockstar and apparently it was Essentially some scuttlebutt where like some analyst was talking to another analyst and was like, yeah, I think it'd be a really smart move for them. And someone overheard that and kind of translated it as, oh, I think they're talking. Right. And it was this total like game of telephone to them acquiring mm. Rockstar. What's well, weird. We see that very frequently on the entertainment side of things. These massive media conglomerates sort of eating each other, essentially Disney getting larger every year. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't really see that on video games so much. Like the big debate now is sort of like if you're a video game, where do you go? Are you exclusive? It, like the idea of an entire studio go or an entire platform owning another platform or anything like that. I mean, there's I I personally don't see any benefit in Rockstar saying, "Hey, we're going to only funnel our games into the, this one department." You could do like a sort of Xbox uh, Minecraft thing where they're like, "We put it everywhere, but we own it." Um, well, I think that's that's what we're kind of seeing with Microsoft because they bought Obsidian. Yeah, and uh, Outer what is it? Outer the Worlds, Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds is coming to it's coming to other systems. It's coming to PS4. Uh, so yeah, they let that game's initial uh, there. That's being published through Private Division. They yep. didn't want to get in the way of that. And it's the same thing with Psychonauts. They're going to publish Psychonauts two now, but they're also going to let it be on all the platforms it was already announced for. Mm-hmm. I uh, think there's some. Uh, some stuff already in the pipe basically to clear out before they start going Xbox only. Yeah. The interesting thing is, and this is kind of thinking much, much longer term, I think you're going to start seeing Sony buy more studios because I've talked to developers 
and ask them about, you know, why is Microsoft going on this buying spree? And the answer I've gotten is always Game Pass. It's always that essentially what the market is going to look like, and this is still just prediction, but I think it's a fairly safe one at this point, is that over the next few years, we're going to start seeing more people do what Ubisoft is doing and what EA is doing and what Xbox is doing with Game Pass and Uplay Plus or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling it and all those services where kind of like television channels are, you will just subscribe to the developers that you would like. And this is probably not anytime soon, but this is kind of the, the direction, and it might not happen at all, but this is the direction that the industry is turning towards is that you're going to subscribe to developers that you'd like and you're just going to get all their games free for a monthly fee. Right. And that's the reason Microsoft is buying so many studios is because then you subscribe to Game Pass and they can promise you that they'll have stu- games from this studio and that studio and this studio and that studio and there's a long appealing list. Yeah, Ryan and McCaffrey. If, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say and if you if you fall behind in this race and your studio does not have, and this is only for the large, large studios, right? But if you fall behind in that race and your studio doesn't have a deep, deep bench of development teams to pull from, then your product, when this world comes, if it does, is going to look way less appealing to somebody who's mm-hmm. been buying companies for the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back at what, like, PlayStation Plus this month, more like PlayStation Nonplus. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, no, but like, it, it, I mean, it's that kind of thing where if, if Sony was like, hey, subscribe to the Sony library, you get uh, one, you get immediate access to one brand new exclusive game. Uh, tw- uh, tw- uh, two of them are coming out this year. Yeah. You're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's really worth it to, you know, to kick them. 15 bucks a month to get God of War and Spider-Man. I mean, those are and really that's good not, games. It's but, not, you know. not, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And this is this is the, the kind of key to this conversation is this is not knocking the PlayStation exclusives. They're phenomenal. No, it's exactly. just in yeah. a service environment that yeah. it, the, the quantity matters. And that's too. where we I mean, seem to be going. I, my yeah. eyebrows rose quite a bit when Xbox was like, hey, uh, here's Ultimate Game Pass. It's Xbox Live Gold for PC and console, and you get the games. That's a lot. There's new games yeah. all the And time. it's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, and, and then when it's stack, not a dollar, it's fifteen. Yeah, and you 20. can stack it onto your pre-existing subscription subscription yeah. plan. Yeah. Not to like keep kissing their asses on this show, but I'm I'm I bring this up a lot because I want Sony to steal it. Yeah, because I'm a PlayStation guy. <laughs> yeah, and I want I want PlayStation to go like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I do think it's like we are moving into a weird territory where it's going to become impossible to quantify the success of something. Mm -hmm. Because even Microsoft, who spent this entire generation being like, we can't tell you how many Xboxes were sold. And we're like, just tell us. And they're like, we we can tell you that hardware is up 25% over the downtrend of the last hardware upage. And you're like, that's not anything real. (laughs) Or when Netflix is like, millions of people have paused this film. Forty million people have seen an episode of Sex Education. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, is that is that well, me when I'm like scrambling to go to a screen that isn't the homepage because it, it's auto playing something blaringly loud at eleven thirty at night? And on if Tuesday. you paused on Sex Education and let it play for five seconds, you watched. Yeah, it. So and I just go to search instead and just like sink into my couch and cry. Um, that's just me. But no, Same. I think it's going to get weird with all that because like people are like they're going to be like Game Pass is up ten percent this month, and you're like how how's the Outer Wilds doing? Well, over 4,000 new subscribers have joined Xbox Unlimited Edition with Gold with Friends with Silver Boys. And you're like, what does that mean? It means nothing. And then like NPD comes out and they're like, 
don't, we don't count those things. Yeah, we don't count those we anymore. We count the ones that were sold at, uh, at uh, Walmart. Walmart and Best Buy yeah. and uh, Toys R Us. And then your Toys credit R Us card closed. And they're like, never mind. Your credit card statement comes in and it's like Hulu, Game Pass, EA, Friends Zone, uh, <laughs> like well, Ubisoft Playhouse. <laughs> what's interesting with and I'm, I can't find exact. Um, Newswire post from Xbox, but with some Game Pass games, especially the first party ones, they've been like, hey, we got 2 million players in the first yeah. month. Like they are celebrating that stuff. And it's like, hey, you for $15, you can get this game and then all these others. Um, and like speaking to your point, Tom, uh, Ryan McCaffrey, I just want to bring this up, spoke to, he and I spoke to Matt Booty uh, from Xbox Game Studios at E3. And they were like, yeah, we're looking to have a Game Pass uh, first party exclusive every three months basically wow. once a quarter is the goal. And that's why they've been bringing so many studios on because they can roughly figure out the cadence to make sure they always have three to four games per year. Yeah, especially with video games, which always come out right on time. Always. But I mean, <laughs> that's why they purposely are buying studios that are not all producing Halo Infinite yep. size yeah, games. Yeah. But I mean, it, double fun. it's also cool because they do have that backwards compatibility and they've yeah. got that back catalog. So if they're like, hey guys, sorry, Psychonauts 2 is running a little bit behind schedule, but great news because here's Psychonauts 1 and also... The Psychonauts are now coming to Forza. And you're yeah. like, oh, surprise. And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, have a wallpaper and some buddy icon. Like, it's kind of an all-purpose. Like, It doesn't have to be brand-new exclusive stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be games as a service. It's just kind of like it's, it's almost like a, a digital loot crate type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us are talking about uh, Game Pass in this way, not to be like, PlayStation does nothing right, but more of the sort of like, like you're saying, Brian, like, please just steal this. Like, yeah. yeah. As no. we're going to a new generation, just take you the know, great I, I want this. I want this great service to be on the console I like better. Yeah. A pretty, Sorry. A pretty good quick <laughs> fix would be if they if they rolled PlayStation Now into PlayStation Plus. Yes. I, yeah. I, yes. Seems like I'm pretty, honestly shocked they haven't done that. Yeah. Yet. Mm-hmm. Feels like such a Again, an easy... like I was saying before, I think that's an infrastructure thing. Yeah. I mean, I, this is like, this is a company that has been, they spent, what, nine years being like, you can change your names now, but it comes with a price. <laughs> like, it's all weird so i have a feeling this is something that's so so grandfathered into the ecosystem that just it's not as simple as we're just dumb men and we're like make it better and they're like that's really hard to yeah. do well and especially now <laughs> that we're Pro waiting evolution soccer are you kidding me <laughs> but yeah. now it's detroit so. it's a, yeah they switched, exactly they, they fixed it, it <laughs> which is good mm-hmm. i'm happy about that yeah and soon i don't want to play soccer fix other things who knows <laughs> I mean, look, I'm I'm dumb enough to say that if you could replace every instance of soccer with like I don't know a sexual murder robots on planet Earth, the Earth would be a better place. You know what would make me play Pro Evolution Soccer, and I don't know if this is a thing. Guns. Well, if the if that's running in the Fox engine, if you dumped a bunch of models from Metal Gear Solid in there, I'd be like, yes, yeah. I will play that. Yeah, I always thought whenever I hear Pez 2019, that. I'm yeah. like, the candy got a yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's back and it still tastes like soap more than ever. Yep. Delicious. Well, People looking are forward, so mad at us right now. As, as always. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to more things on the horizon for PlayStation 5. Uh, there was an inter- an article from the Wall Street Journal taking some quotes from Sony CEO uh, Kenichiro Yoshida, uh, as well as from analysts and whatnot, uh, kind of talking about Sony's focus going into the PS5 and what they're catering toward. And they're catering toward hardcore gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, their focus. What does that mean in 2019? Well, uh, for the Wall Street Journal, uh, Sony positions X PlayStation for hardcore gamers. Um, they are focusing on graphically intensive games um, and looking toward making their, bolstering their partnerships with their uh, big third-party publishers, so like the AAA right. of the AAA. 
Uh, well, that's, that's a huge letdown for me. I was really hoping that they would lean into the casual market and kind of dumb down the graphics. I think 4K is too much, and my eyes are getting worse. What about 8K? I'm fine with 720p, to be perfect. About 3K, I think, is a good medium. Yeah. That, the great news, the PlayStation 5 is going to be <laughs> 240p, but it's going to run at 1,000 frames a second. That's true, and no load times. Technically more graphics than ever. Yeah, games are 90 bucks. <laughs> so... Wonderful. Well, no, I wanted to bring this part up about like the hardcore gamer focus because this was such a thing at the beginning of last generation mm-hmm. or of this generation where Xbox was talking about its console in terms of like it will have all these streaming capabilities. You can have these family plans that maybe let you share your games on certain restrictions and whatnot. But yeah. Like, they were talking in these more generalities of trying to make it an entertainment all in one box. That did not well, go well. It, PlayStation you know, came it, back and it makes sense, especially right now for them to say that is because do you know who is paying attention to the next PlayStation right now, it's hardcore gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I assume when they come out closer to launch, they'll be like, hey, there's something for everybody here, but especially the gamers. But right now, the only people who are like scrubbing through translated news reports about anticipated hardware projections are hardcore gamers. So that's nerds yeah. like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's it's it's. I think it's interesting to come out and 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 say that. But Jonathan, like you kind of just alluded to, I think that's like sort of purposeful. Um, in, in sort of to uh, contrast what Microsoft did at the beginning, where people were like doing uh, like hi- hi- cuts of like their of their press conference where they said TV, 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 sports, 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 TV, TV. <laughs> but that was also like I think at the at the beginning of last generation, you had to come out and say hardcore gamers because that was after like seven years of whimsical. Blue ocean nonsense from Nintendo being like, you can play tennis with Karen, your aunt. It's such a like battle of yeah. Cool games Everybody for. had motion controls. Nintendo, uh, Microsoft had an entire press conference in, d- dedicated to you know the Kinect and and petting a tiger. And Sony was just like, oh, you know, here's Playbook or whatever, play, whatever their stupid thing was called, Wonderbook, Wonderbook, Playdate, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, so it's good to sort of center back in and go, hey, this is who we're focusing on. Um, that's it. I, I do want, I want like a a, a whole a bunch of different excuses to play my PlayStation 5. I don't just want AAA, hardcore, graphical, intense games. It's also, what is a hardcore gamer anymore? I read a story from uh, that King put out the other day, the developers of Candy Crush. Did you guys see this? No. They're like, we have like this group of like tens of millions of people who play Candy Crush for three to five hours every single day, which is like, first of all, bravo if you can do that at work. I can't even do that at work. <laughs> um, if you can play Candy Crush for three hours a day, I mean, you would you, sh- you would love other games. But also, like, I think that's a hardcore gamer. I think that's a that's a like if you if you drank, I don't know, wine spritzers for three hours a day, I'd be like. That's an alcoholic. <laughs> like, not my choice in booze. Sure. Wow, you're drinking heavily. You know. So I don't. <laughs> I think there's something the there, analogy. right? So like, I I don't know. I think that like, <laughs> sorry. <Tom. laughs> yeah. If you if you win the Tour de France in first gear, it's still winning the Tour de yeah, France. Yeah. Exactly. You got to pedal a little harder. But on a tricycle, is. yeah. yeah. Oh if you yeah, you finish on a funny bike. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We could do this metaphor all day. I don't even know where to go from there. No, um, so I do want to see them have a whole bunch of stuff there because I I think that, like, hardcore gamer is kind of an antiquated term. I know people who only play Overwatch or Apex Legends or they only play Call of Duty. And um, some people would call them casuals because they don't play a ton of games. 
Um, I think they're hardcore gamers at one game specifically. You know, there's a lot of people famous on Twitch for hyper-focusing on one thing. Like, Ninja became famous because he just played a ton of Fortnite. And when he plays other stuff, people are like, we don't care. And so is he a hardcore gamer? I don't know. Yes. And so, like, I don't know what that term means anymore. Like all the other terms we throw around, they're meaningless. Well, it's like the term gamer. Yeah. The hell does that mean? I don't know. Like I don't know. I saw my like my stepmom playing Words with Friends and like chatting with her. And I'm like, that's a game. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's she's not a gamer. I don't consider her a gamer. I don't know. Like I, I go play like, you know, like whimsical walking simulator indie stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is a great story here. And then something's like, you can shoot a man directly in the skull. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of tired of those things these days. And like yeah. I don't know. It's like maybe maybe the medium has outgrown that that rudimentary definition. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the terminology we use for gaming in general comes from kind of like stuff we've been saying for decades mm-hmm. yeah no i mean at the exact same time last week on a flight i was playing super mario maker 2 and bloodstained ritual of the night like i don't know what that makes me you know uh i was gonna say softcore game yeah definitely yeah we'll pick wine spritzer a, boy i think that's a better term than casual game we'll be like, yeah kind of a softcore game <laughs> You know, it's no, it's no like full penetration, but you know, there's some heavy petting going on. <laughs> Good God! What horrible! Oh, whatever. This is why this is why labels are bad because yeah. I don't know what we are anymore. I don't know what an indie game is. I don't know what a downloadable game is. I don't know what a gamer is. Um, move, moving on. To discussion <laughs> I don't know anything. Softcore gamers. Get me out of here. Uh, Brian Eject. and Max, you have a video shoot pretty soon, or a meeting, do we? or what do Brian, we have? do you? We have a we have a comic cup me- meeting soonish. All right, I think. Do we have to? We have to go to that, or what? What do you think? It's it's nice. <laughs> Let them figure it out right <laughs> here. Check on the, the calendars. <laughs> I think only... it's for only hardcore gamers. That's there. true. Yeah, the softcore gamer Comic Con meeting is. Like <laughs> just had, we just had this meeting. We just had this meeting at lunch. Why is this here again? This is all. In Wait, we don't have to do all this right now. Who's in this? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, well, no, I want to jump a little bit too, because uh, Tom and I can keep the conversation going. I want to talk about mostly since we're here. Um, some games we've been playing and everything. Can we, for the love of God, talk about games we're playing yeah. instead of like hypothetical projection analysis. <laughs> Max, tell me about Judgment. Good what Lord. is what is playing a game really when you think? We about are it? the Homo Ludens. We are the players of the game. We are here for the Luden narrative, the intersection of the play and the story. Anyway, Judgment is finally out. I can finally talk about it. I'm about six hours in, and it's from the team who made Yakuza. But this is not a Yakuza game. It's just set in the same setting, using the same engine and some familiar systems. But whereas the Yakuza games follow the adventures of Kazuma Kiryu a known ex yakuza member of the dojima clan or whatever it's called he uh this one is this one you're following uh this 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 detective is former he's a former lawyer so he's become a private eye and he's a cool guy he has a leather jacket and he has some nice sneakers and he messes around in uh in kamarocho and uh it's really fun it's a good time we're just gonna clip that out and put it over some b-roll and that's gonna be the review, the review. Yeah. yeah yeah perfect um, so I was actually really worried starting it out that it was going to be too sort of like linear and serious because it was it was very it's very much got some like you know it's got heavy cutscenes and it's got some sort of like you know uh, branching dialogue stuff um, the it's it's all dubbed so if um, subtitles are, are a hang up for you um, that's a nice option I was kind of wary of that going in and I like you know was like I'll I'll check it out the localization and the voice actors um, both do a really good job and it's completely. Like it feels very effortless, yeah, which is nice. I think a lot of like I've, I will like physically recoil from from bad anime dubbing, and you know, same goes for games. But this feels like it feels yeah. like they really kept it in mind, yeah, like it's, in the staging and everything. I think it's like just fun and campy enough. I'm a few hours in, and I've been describing it as sort of like a soft boiled detective drama. <laughs> 
that which sounds, is different that's than yeah. some of the other words. Yeah, softcore detention. It's it, yeah, I could see that. It's got some like sort of you know overly serious like moody elements. But yeah. for the most part, it's kind of like it feels fun. The detective stuff is is really fun and quirky. Like there's stuff where you have to like identify a bunch of different men on the street to find the one with the right mole or the mustache or yeah. something like that. And it zooms in on them and just like pans around their face. So yeah, eyes yes, yeah yes, mole uh, yes, hair. He's got ears. There's, there's a thing where you have to go into like uh, like photo analysis. It's sort of like detective mode basically yeah. and it's like most of the time you're like where's the security camera and there's like other clues and like you'll be like well looking for the security camera outside the ramen restaurant and you zoom in on like the sign for the ramen restaurant he'll be like huh suspicious and i'm like no it's not it's a restaurant <laughs> what, how is that and then you hear a meowing and you're like there are hidden cats in like all of these they're cats hidden everywhere and so you're supposed to like, like as a collectible yeah God, it's so it's like a little bit of a little bit of like you know you know, detective mode, like L.A. Noir, like solve the crime scene, but also some Neko Atsumi kitty collector. Mm-hmm. So you like, I don't know, you get points for looking at cats and stuff. So it very much has that Yakuza sense of humor. Just this morning, I got kind of past the main, sort of the main introductory sort of tutorial type mission, which again is like five, six hours in. Uh, and then it immediately starts just dumping tons of fun, weird side quests on you, like like underwear thieves and like a dude who literally just lost his jacket and then there's like silly mini games like pinball and drone racing and it starts really opening up. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely adoring it. Um, if you've played the Yakuza series, it should be very familiar. But if you haven't, it is a totally fresh starting point. Um, you know, I would recommend it for people. Yeah, I'm like it, two or three hours in. It's it's definitely a like heavy introductory thing. Like mm-hmm. it's giving me a little bit of Persona vibes of just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in a long intro, but it's not bad in any way. Like I've loved the tone of it all. Um, it it, it very much is self aware and mm-hmm. really plays with like the genre tropes it's kind of tackling. And yeah, I've been playing most mostly with the English dub, and for the most part, I've really liked the voice acting. I think it's been really solid, and just like getting all the wacky detective gameplay in there has been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, yeah, it actually. We're made me want to start a yakuza game like from scratch immediately just because i was like oh i want i want like the the pure distilled nonsense fun arcadey beat-em-up stuff um the detective stuff is cool but it's sort of secondary to what i am looking for in an open world game but you're gonna, I'm, you're gonna get plenty of ass kicking good yeah <laughs> they, they let right. me beat up some men early on and i ran into a chicken restaurant and scared a, a woman out of there so there's there's <laughs> options that's the uh, I think my favorite thing about those games is that they're open world to a to a degree, but yeah. like you can ru- you can run full force into a bunch of crap and make it explode out of just sheer inertia. The physics and is bizarre <laughs> no at times, but I love cares. it. Yeah, people will just be like, "Oh, excuse me," and they'll walk away. Yeah, people like, just kind of get like startled and and, and then mm-hmm. sort of like skittishly sh- shuttle out of there. But I've like ran into tables and chairs that have fl- flown well, over I- like. I love like 30 times running into the wall in a single combat session to just do spin kicks off yep. the wall like yep. constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's just so wacky. No, it, taking yeah. environmental crap and beating people in the head with it is super fun. Yeah. So you got to try going into a convenience store. Like wait till the next time you get jumped by thugs and go in there. Uh, and you can just destroy everything in the entire like – In the store. In the 7-Eleven. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because if you do that enough, they won't, they won't serve you. Like they'll get mad at you and they'll be like, we're not we – we won't sell you cigarettes. <laughs> you broke all our shelves. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's there. I, I really am very happy with that game. Yep. Um, and I'm dying to sink more time to do it. I'm liking it a lot so far too. Yeah. Uh, Max, uh, have you been playing anything else since you've been back from E3, or you're on vacation? So. I have been playing something I've I've been putting off for a long time, which is available on PlayStation 4 as well as numerous other systems, and it's called Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I am 
Uh, we had a we had a thing recently, by the way, where we have both done things that we each other have been begging each other to do for like twenty five years, like in Mac, games. Yeah, in games. Okay, not in softcore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Max kept telling me to watch uh, Evangelion, and I kept telling him to play Resident Evil Four. And I have finished the, the entire the entirety outside of the movie, which I'm going to watch next of Evangelion, and he's uh, almost done with Resident Evil Four. Yeah, this is a good world. Are you enjoying it? Oh, I love it. Um, it's weird. I think in my head from just like just deeply baked in like childhood theories that Resident Evil was a scary thing and that I was bad at it or I would not be enjoy it because it is scary. And I've since kind of grown out of that. I also played a bunch of Bloodborne, which is, you know, arguably a much scarier, more aggressive punishing game. Definitely more uh, scary. So jumping into this is also seeing all sort of the Bloodborne like sort of elements being like, oh, there's a bunch of like freaky villagers with pitchforks throwing mm-hmm. hatchets and crap at me and hanging out by a bonfire and chanting. Uh, and then also it's it's weird how many, like how much sort of, how much DNA of, of later games I'm noticing in there. Um, like there's a lot of escort mission stuff uh, and it's, it's the camera controls take a little bit of getting used to, but for the most part, it's like, it's very, like it's very playable nowadays. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, I feel like the, the kind of Joel and Ellie mechanics are, are sort of have their early vestigial origins in this. Yeah, you just yeah. got to keep a little more of an eye. In yeah. Leanna and Ashley, yeah. yeah. No, it's I I I'm so glad you're playing it. It's also like I it was like really cool watching you fly through that game because it's like I don't think that's a easy game by any stretch. Um, and I think for a lot of people to play it for the first time in 2019, they're sort of taken aback at the not necessarily tank controls, but the the stop and pop. Like you can't run and shoot at the same time, and people are like what? But like the entire video game is designed around that mechanic, so uh, it makes sense. But um, it's it's like there's very simple things that going in where you're like if you combine red, yellow, and green herbs, you can extend your health bar forever and shoot them in the knee, and then suplex them and then slash them with your knife and you can kill most guys with one bullet i think i saw you giving janet that advice yeah she started yeah too. i have yeah. this like weird like like coaching thing in the back of my head where i'm like shoot him in the knee yeah. suplex him i was gonna say you just have google knife. alerts for whenever someone we work with basically like resident evil 4 yeah, yeah. so it's such a funny game though <laughs> like it's so like wonderfully just like cornball and and like it's totally cornball and campy yeah i mean <laughs> you were you were watching that i was on a flight next to you coming back from florida and you got like you have this thing like your friend hunnigan or whatever keeps calling you on this like weird Skype laptop that they never actually really show. They, yeah, they never explain what. The, yeah. what is that? <laughs> and there's this small man with like a king's like a like a sailor's crown. Yeah, he's like a little Victorian aristocrat with progeria who just yeah. Them and he's like, <laughs> he like skyped in and Max like, goes, "How'd you get my number?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so I like it's it very much has that like that same level of like Metal Gear Solid goofiness, but without any of the sort of self awareness that Metal Gear does. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't know. I love that like. I don't know when they put uh you know when they put twin snakes on GameCube like Kojima was like Solid Snake would never backflip over a missile mm-hmm. this this is crazy this is nonsense and this game is like yeah why wouldn't he like suplex this dude <laughs> like why wouldn't you do a wrestling move on like this possessed villager yeah you yeah, outrun so, a boulder in that game like there's so many dumb it's things so wonderfully it's stupid time. I love it. yeah so that's been very that's wait until you beat the game and you get like some extra costumes like they, oh they, yeah. They put Ashley in like a knight's armor, and then <laughs> Leon's in like a 1920s gangster costume. It's just so stupid. Yeah, it's great. I'm Go glad play. you've finally been enjoying that. Do you guys have to bounce or? We could, I don't no know. one has said nope. anything All right. yet. Let's keep going. <laughs> if you're uh, not in trouble. Yeah. Because Brian, I want to know how. I haven't gotten to start it yet, but I want to know how Bloodstained is treating you. Oh, uh, I love it. Ritual. Of the it's night. um, it's definitely not like a 
full-on, you know, vintage pixel art Castlevania, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I think is like a little cumbersome about it, um, but you get used to that pretty quickly. It's actually a little more in-depth than sort of your GBA-era Castlevania game because uh, there's a lot more sort of systems at play there for the most part. Um, but I really dig it. I think like the first the first few hours are a little slow and then it starts to really open up and you get all of your, you know, double jump Metroidvania type things and it, it's easier to get around that world. Um, I do think it's like I would have preferred a pixel art game. I understand why it's not. Those are weirdly harder to make. Uh, but but now I'm, you get people's pets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I was I was reading a interview where like the dev team was like, yeah, we'd love to do another Castlevania, but I wonder if they would honestly because I have a feeling that they would just keep making more Bloodstained games, and mm. we might have a world where like Castlevania games are happening and Bloodstained games are happening because they own that IP and they can make more money off of it than working yeah. with Konami again. I get the feeling that people don't really like. I don't I don't think Konami really wants to make video games that much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, like they keep dipping back into these anniversary collections, and I think it's the thing of like they don't want to leave the space mm-hmm. because yep. they like to be frank, know how lucrative it can be. Totally, uh, and they know that they have IP people love, but I don't know if they're like really focused on how can we keep this stuff relevant beyond the stuff people already love. Well, they, I think developing specifically like I don't single player console mm-hmm. games is yeah. like less lucrative than making mobile games or pachinko games. Yeah. Yep. Well, they benefit from the sort of the conversation happening around Bloodstained right now because they did just Konami did just put out that Castlevania anniversary collection. And there was a lot of like outcry when that happened where there were people were like, well, this is a weird collection because it has like three NES games and like a Game Boy game. And then like like Kid Dracula, which is just like I don't know if you guys have ever played that. It's basically like child Castlevania, except <laughs> like they even like the all of the notes of the main like theme songs are in key instead of out of key so they're, they're uh, just like and it's like just yeah much more cheerful yeah they're just happier yeah. um but they were kind of like this is our first step in that collection which means that i think if it does well or did well uh they can then do a collection of all the gba ones yeah and so anybody who just finished bloodstain which you can do pretty quickly it's like a 10 15 hour game um will be able to go in and go oh yeah i want more of this oh you're they're on ps4 you put like three game boy advance games on there perfect let's do it um so yeah i'm i'm glad that's here i feel like this is a way better scenario than say like something like mighty number nine or some other kickstarter darlings that didn't pan out there were there were when Bloodstain was getting kickstarted. There was a slew of spiritual successor yep. kickstarters, right? And from scorned creatives, <laughs> from, for yeah. the most part, most of those didn't turn out great. Yeah, I feel like ukulele wasn't like lovingly received. It, it was nine. solid. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Right, it was fun, but mm-hmm. not amazing. Yeah, um, and there was stuff like a Hat in Time, which was like you know I, people I, like it. And a Hat in Time is is pretty good, but that one I feel like wasn't from that wasn't from like the original creator. No, no that right? was just like fans. Like yeah. The other I, things I'm thinking of are like Mighty Number no. Nine was an infamous a, disaster. A yeah, with um, ukulele, I think it's really interesting that for the sequel, uh, which we haven't talked about at all, but it's coming out this year. They announced it like a month ago, it's and crazy. it's um, going to be a 2D side scroller. Right. Instead, they're going back to even further rare roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to your point. And then there was also uh, like Tiny Metal was the Advance War successor from yep. the original oh, developer. Yeah. There's also one that they're that now that making a follow-up of that's supposed to be better than the original because the original wasn't like 
again, just not like none of these spiritual successors from the original creator Kickstarters are like really hitting it out of the park. And even Bloodstained, which I'm really enjoying, even Bloodstained, when you play it, you can feel that it's like kind of like it's a great game. It's just not like the best made game. It's a little rickety. Wise, it's a little rickety. Yeah. Rickety is a good way of putting yeah. it. It's got <laughs> so, bugs here and there. It yeah. It's got rough edges here and there. And that yep. doesn't, luckily, the, the core of the game is so much fun and so well made that like it doesn't really distract enough from that. But it's ve- been very interesting to see all these venerated developers go to Kickstarter, say, we're going to do what we did, and then put out these products that are just a little bit off well it's the the i think that's what you you the the freedom and independence you gain of being removed from a major studio is also sort of a pain point when you're removed from a major studio right you don't have the benefit of that budget of that team of being able to come in and go can we have three four five six more months to polish this mm-hmm. um well, yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario i was just gonna say and that all of these Kickstarters came up in the time when the AA was still gone. Yeah. Whereas like AA is coming back and a lot of these games I could see being published by like a THQ Nordic or even yep. like mm-hmm. a 505 or something like that. Whereas back then that wasn't as prominent of an outlet as it is right now. Totally, um, totally. And I, so I, I wonder where these franchises will go. Yeah, me too. I wonder if we're actually going to see another wave of these things or if this feels like the tail end of basically the fruits of the labor of that big Kickstarter movement from a few years ago, which, you know, also netted us stuff like Shovel Knight. Yeah. But it also brought out stuff like Dennis Dyack, who was like, I'm bringing back Silicon Knights. We're going to do a brand new Eternal Darkness, but we're going to call it like for, forever nightly or whatever. <laughs> and it totally bombed. I think it bombed twice, actually. Yeah. Um, I think, was he was he ramping up to another Kickstarter recently? Like, there's, there's some things that... Yeah, they just don't really come together. And then there's other things where, like, the audience, like, uh, I what was it, Earthworm Jim or Abe's Odyssey? One of those recently. Uh, Abe's is coming back, I think. Where it, like, yeah. it did tremendously well. Where mm-hmm. you're like, holy crap. There was that. Was it Earthworm Jim or another reboot that was kind of, it was like a roguelike. Oh, um, uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam, yeah. Toe Jam and Earl, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hollow Knight was also a Kickstarter darling. There, yep. there are definitely yeah. successes there. Well, then mm-hmm. There's stuff like Star Citizen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which has been sort of chugging along, crowdfunded for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Kickstarters and Shovel Knight, a new Shovel Knight Kickstarter went up today. Yeah. Uh, called Shovel Knight Dungeon Duels. Yeah. It is a board game. Mm-hmm. Tabletop. A one to four player competitive side scrolling board game based off of. Did Shovel you just Knight. say side scrolling board That's game? That's what they wrote. That kind of rules. I read what they wrote. And I'm into that. Side scrolling right. board All game. All right. Uh, but the minis look really cool. Did you guys see that Bloodborne? That Bloodborne? Kickstarter, game, blood, yeah, Bloodboard game. See how it's doing? Uh, Boardborn. That's doing just fine. People are throwing money at. I, yeah, it's a I have the game. I have the Bloodborne card game still. I haven't played it yet. Mm. I heard it. I heard is uh, punishing. Mm. Yeah, all the are cards all... are really sharp. Yeah, you cut you... your hands. I hear it's the Dark Souls of card games. Yeah. Oh, that's by it's. Uh, I don't damn. give a crap about the game. I want those miniatures to paint them. I want to make they're cute. Well, it's it's by the people who are doing the God of War card game also. C M O N. All right, Simon. Simon. I, I people make bloodborne on. toys out of all the beasts and monsters in that game. Please, thank you. You know what? That's the the biggest crime is that if that game had come out in like 2001, we would have had like three waves of McFarlane toys. Oh my god, he would have made <laughs> he would have made that wolf that hangs on the side of the wall. I know. I like how we both went to the wolf. That's you like, want that we want toys <laughs> of that damn so wolf. Good. Uh, bloodborne, the board game, Bloodborne <laughs> raised four million dollars. Wow. Uh, as of May 14th, that was when the Kickstarter make a sequel to that game. 
Make some freaking they action are. figures. It's a board game. <laughs> That's the most Tom Marks thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll be honest it's with you. It's a board game. <laughs> Sekiro was, was awesome. Uh, the, the George R. R. Martin thing sounds cool. Make Bloodborne 2. Just come on. How, how do you see that? How do you see $4 million, $4 million come to a board game and not be like, we got we to gotta make this work? They how will, do, but how it's do a you, side-scrolling game. How do you stop that? Like, what do you I'm, do I'm okay that? with that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. What are they going to do with Bloodborne? How, how do you, you make just more of the same? Yeah. You go to an older Yarnum and there's worse beasts. <laughs> Done. There, there are some <laughs> games where if you said the sequel is just more of the same, it would be a bad thing. Yeah. And there are other games where if you're like, we're just making more of this, I I'd think be How many of them made like four board? Dark Souls <laughs> games? I mean, come on, sort it out. I think it's like Steve Bloodborne needs to get on a boat and go someplace tropical, but still horrible. Yeah. How about Ooh, this? Tropical Island Bloodborne. Yeah. Play that. Yeah. How about this? You fight a boss and he's half zebra, half bird. He's covered in blood and he does nothing but scream like a child. What's his Bloodborne. Bloodborne. <laughs> I don't know, Garl of the Accursed Eternal. They got any bees <laughs> yeah, in that game? I think they could use doesn't more matter. bees. doesn't matter. Get an more AI bees. to generate titles of the beasts. I don't care. <laughs> I want to fight them with my whip. Uh, <laughs> Brian, you've also been playing Sinking City at all? Uh, no, I actually haven't started that yet. Okay, you oh, I, have. I, I played a little Did you bit play that? that? Okay. Yeah, I started it. Uh, this is a game I was like, really excited about. It's uh, From a glance, it's, the, it's a team that did a bunch of those Sherlock Holmes games, mm-hmm. which I think some people are really into. I don't know if they're... I think they're, you know, they're received decently. Um, but the... It's basically a Lovecraftian open world mystery game, which uh, is an awesome idea. Uh, starting it out, it's a little bit clunky. I'm also not super well versed in playing sort of modern adventure games, so that could also be on me. Uh, part of me kind of sort of wishes, like, I feel like often I'm usually like rolling my eyes and like trying to skip through tutorials to be like, hurry up, I know what I'm doing. But in this one case where I'm like, I could actually probably use a hand here, <laughs> give me a little bit of direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, um, you're, it's in this like, awful waterlogged city in massachusetts and it's the 1920s and you um i actually haven't really read much um lovecraft bloodborne kind of got me interested in kind of checking that out but uh jim sterling posted a video that made me definitely want to keep playing this game where he was dressed like a an octopus like he was wearing an octopus hat and a like an apron made out of meat of some sort and he was talking like physically not his character his okay yeah i mean i wouldn't put it past him honestly to do that also but he does love his theatrics. Uh, but no, it was in, in the game, and he was. It, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. In, in the cutscene, it was he, this. His character was like you know, it's one of those things where your 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 character's costume just completely destroys the illusion of the game. But he was dressed like a weird like a, <laughs> like a sea mascot of some sort, and he was talking to like a dude from the Ku Klux Klan, and then he wound up just like shooting him, and it was like it it, it, it devolved into like a full full scale shootout. And I was like, okay, so this gets this gets crunchy and video gamey. But it's also it lets you get a little bit silly. But it's it's like clearly it's a lot of a lot of talking to weird Lovecraftian sea people in this like awful New England. So mm-hmm. um, it's I mean it's I would say it feels very much like kind of a double A game, but yeah. it's got triple A ambitions, which yeah. is cool to see. We gave it a pretty good review as well. I can't remember the exact score, but uh, John Borba, who is our resident Cthulhu nut. Um, reviewed it and I 7.8 7.8 yeah and yeah. I think he had similar thoughts where it's like a beautiful world a really cool Lovecraft story and then just like kind of rough right mm-hmm. like a little clunky a little unintuitive but if you can kind of enjoy the world it's it's definitely definitely worth it especially if you're into Lovecraft yeah I he mean, said that there were like characters like you meet a dude who's like an ape man who is apparently mm-hmm. like some callback to some tiny short story mm-hmm. that that Lovecraft wrote a million years ago. No, they, oh, wow. I, mean, I was, we interviewed the devs about this and they kind of, they were sort of like, yeah, it's kind of like a greatest hit sort of mashup of, right. of Lovecraft stuff. And it's, I mean, it, 
clearly shows that this is a, a, a labor of a labor of love. Like this is them a labor who, of Lovecraft. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a similar. Here's the thing. Like is it, uh, cyberpunk, and I, and I feel like um, like Lovecraftian stuff is is one of those sort of. I guess Lovecraft and also steampunk are, are there th- these things that have are done best in writing mm-hmm. and they've been tackled like okay and other sort of I guess cheaper mediums and games are like to kind of play with them here and there but it's for whatever reason there haven't been like any movies that have really knocked them out the park like they never really like stuck the landing completely uh, and it's I mean you have a, you know a few here and there that people always point to but like it's kind of cool like I looked it up I'm like what are some like good like Lovecraftian movies and like there aren't a lot of them. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those ones that like you see this sort of influence everywhere. But like as far as I mean, Del Toro obviously is a huge, yeah, you know, huge fan of his stuff. Well, and at the Mountains of Madness never happened, right? And I do wonder how big of a like. Obviously, we are not privy to all the board meetings that happen there, and this is a tangent. But like, I wonder how much the kind of outward bomb that that happened to be in terms of they never got it off the ground after yeah. all that development hell i wonder how much that scared people off lovecraft as a project because del toro is the guy you would go mm-hmm. to for that yeah no and it's it's there's a sort of d- density where it's a lot of the it's 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 wordy wordy stuff to read in the same way that like william gibson isn't necessarily something you can pick up and dive into but like clearly the people working on cyberpunk are like very into that yeah in the same way that like as far as i can tell uh sinking city has the same deal with with lovecraft which is cool and I'm I'm happy to, I'm happy to see that because mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's also a lot of stuff in books that translates better to games than it does to movies because um, books often have like extensive detail about like environments or you know weird just background details that you know unless you're going to spend a whole lot on set design you're not going to get properly right in a movie. right yeah um, Tom hi hello I want you to tell me it came out a few months ago on PS4 but I want you to tell me about why. The Office is so obsessed with Slay the Spire. Ah, I thought you were going to say that. Uh, yeah, The Office is obsessed with Slay the Spire currently because it just came out on Switch. But it, it did is come available out, on PS4. It did come out on PS4 a while ago, and it is such a phenomenal game. Uh, this one came out, I think it was a year and a half, two years ago on Steam Early Access. It finally left Early Access, I think, in January or February this year. Then it came out on PS4 shortly after, and it came out on Switch recently, and it is a deck building roguelike uh and don't think deck building like hearthstone it's deck building like you uh each run you start with a very very basic deck of cards and you get more cards as you go and build up a deck and have to kind of make choices about what direction you want to go with which cards you pick and then if you die you go back to the beginning and you do it all again and you kind of slowly unlock more cards and these things called relics that you can find along the way it's just so good there have been so many games that have tried to do deck building roguelikes like this and a lot of which were inspired by slay the spire um and kind of none have ever none have really done it as well it is just just such a cool cool game uh i think it is on a, a few people's short lists in terms of favorite games from this year and it is one that you should if you missed it when it came out on ps4 it is 100 percent worth going back to because it's the type of game that you could just consume you if you're into that sort of thing and we are running a bit short on time i do want to talk about our favorite games of the year so far uh in the next coming weeks but uh, we're running a little bit limited on time so if you each had to pick one game that you think people should play that maybe they haven't this year oh that they haven't yeah um, maybe something that's been flying under the radar uh plague tale Mm. Yeah, I think that was a cool one that I think a lot of people kind of slept on. You can beat it in a few hours. It's a, sort of a lower price game. Um, super interesting setting, really great voice acting. 
yeah, I, I dig it a lot, and it's definitely like you know about your blood stains and your sacros and you know the other the other big ones out there. But um, that's that's a cool one that you probably slept on. If they have it at like your local rental kiosk at the grocery store, drop five bucks and fly through it this weekend. Tom, would it be Slay the Spire for you, or has anything else come to mind? Uh, for PS4, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, Outer Wilds is not out on PS4 yeah. as of yet. I think it might not be at all, or they haven't announced if it's ever going to come to stuff besides PC and Xbox, but my hope is that eventually it will, because usually those Annapurna exclusives drift over to other systems eventually. eventually. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason to think it will right now. But if that does manage to make it to PS4 play Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, but you can be excited for that one too. They're just two different games. Because it looks cool, but yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, yeah, otherwise though, Slay the Spire, I think you absolutely is worth checking out. Uh, I will say for full disclosure, because we have to legally, Oh yes, Slay the Spire is published by Humble Bundle, which is a company owned by our parent company, Ziff Davis. Mm -hmm. We are separate companies, but owned by the same parent company. Yeah. Uh, IGN operates independently of Humble. Anyway, uh, Max, what about for you? Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened this year. It's been a it's been a doozy. I didn't realize it was half over <laughs> today. Uh, we, this, uh, this wasn't a big one for AAA. No, first party. My Sony first games half still. of this year has been slow. My yeah. top five games are all uh, smaller scale indie stuff, mostly Devolver or yep. PSVR. Mm. Um, so for me, uh, as you look for stuff, Max, uh, non Switch or non PS4 Katana Zero. Uh, I love that game. I played it in yep. a day. Uh, the style in that game is just incredible. It definitely feels like, I think Tom and I maybe talked about this, um, it definitely feels like part one of a larger game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wish there was more to it because the story just kind of like, oh, that felt like the prologue. But yeah. It's still like a solid six hour, seven hour uh, experience. And there's some, the levels for me got more creative as it went along. And it really started, like the layers of what this game could do really started to unfold as you went more through. And I, I loved it by the end. Um, but on PlayStation, if you have PSVR Blood and Truth, Absolutely, Ooh, play Blood there and it is. Um, and then observation. Uh, if you don't have PSVR, um, yeah, I'm going to back you up on Blood and Truth for sure. I was trying to remember, like, what was the PSVR thing that I really loved, and I think it was that. That and Trover um, have both been. I still really there was Trover. what there was that Trover, Falcon Age, and Ghost Giant were kind of yeah. the big four yeah. PSVR yeah. games. You have like a great. Oh, I think we all give them in the greats. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing on like slick deals and other w- deal websites where uh, PSVR bundles just periodically drop in price a lot and go for <laughs> dirt cheap and they come with like two or three games um if you're waiting for that to get cheap uh this is i think this is the year to do it yeah i think eventually there will be a you know psvr2 mm-hmm. but it seems like it's a little way away so i feel i, would, I feel like yeah. that's not i feel like that's not going to happen do you guys think that's going to happen near the launch of the PS5? Because I don't think it will. I don't think they'd want to detract from the yeah. launch stuff. Like I do, I think probably maybe the year after. Yeah, um, I mean that's but. such a bummer because that means we're going to be playing PlayStation Five with Move controllers. Yeah, <laughs> until the end of time. God, my dog gets obsessed looking at those things as they're flying through the air, like the clown noses. The yeah. yeah, they're really funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a weird year. It's definitely been a but. Uh, I really i I want to play Resident Evil too. Oh yeah, Resident Evil is awesome. Yeah, yeah, like that came out while I was traveling. I've been traveling a lot this year, like kind of more than I have any previous year. I think you you would probably be really into it now that you've played through. You're playing before. Well, I have like a lot of a lot of sort of foggy nostalgia for for the original two, Mm -hmm. and I and absolutely no recollection of what the hell happens in it. There's there's games this year that like I played a ton of that I enjoyed that I then immediately forgot about. Like Far Far Cry New Dawn was one of those games Mm -hmm. where I was up until like three in the morning playing that game for like four nights in a row, and I like hundred percented it, and then hated the story 
but mm-hmm. love the world, but then stop thinking about it. It was just like this bingy junk food weekend. Well, of and I mean, like, spritzers. obviously I can, I know for me only in this room's case, but like Kingdom Hearts 3 came out this year. Yeah. I oh, waited yeah. a decade for that game and it happened in January <laughs> and then the rest of the year has happened. And it's like, I really had a great time with it. It does have issues, but like, I really enjoyed it. But wow, that just like flew out the window for yeah. seven months because mm-hmm. so much else has been going on. I yeah. like the mid-year check-in thing because it's better than doing this in like November. And yeah. Like, what was January? That feels like four mm. years. Yeah, and I'd like to do a bit of a lengthier check-in. A lot of you replied to me on Twitter and I think we'll talk about this more at length uh, ahead of 600 or maybe even during 600 depending on how that show plans out. But yeah. Luckily, this fall is uh, not at all quiet. So no. <laughs> yeah. Our list will definitely buff up by the end of the year. Yeah. We I'm have gonna, a lot to look forward for to. For the first half of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just you know, make a wager here and say not enough people are playing Judge. It came out last oh, yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. Kind of squeaking <laughs> yeah. in real close there. But, you know. I'm excited. I'm really excited yeah. to play. Max is actually one of those uh, three hour a day Candy Crush kids, too. So I believe it. Look well, I don't play that. any other games. I'm a, a, a big old casual. <laughs> just a big big wine spritzer baby. Big old soft core <sighs> candy God, boy. I shouldn't have ever said that. Um, <laughs> also, just want to mention Crash Team Racing is a lot of fun. Um, the story mode gets weirdly hard. Um, surprisingly, the last couple of bosses are way more challenging than they need to be on medium. Uh, but a lot of fun. Surprisingly great racer if you don't have a Switch and have Mario Kart. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, as we get into the wrap-up portions of the show, if anyone needs to leave for meetings or any other work that is happening, I completely I think, I think we just totally played hooky on the meeting. It yeah, rules. I, think we yeah. Perfect. I, I think we had that meeting while we were eating lunch, so I don't know why. Oh, yeah, That's beyond. Here. That's fine. Yeah. Worked out. Um, I want to keep doing these shout-outs. I don't have a name yet for this segment, and I'd like to have a name for the segment where we tell people to go give good vibes to people on Twitter. Um, I don't have a good name for this. So if you have a good name, please write into beyond at IGN.com with your suggestions. I've just been calling it like a shout out each week. Um, but this week I'd like to shout out Danny O'Dwyer. Oh yeah. Good um, man. Whose no clip documentary series is a really, really awesome video series, uh, going on. And I think they put out like a lot of tremendous stuff. Uh, they're currently doing like in addition to all the larger things, they're, uh, they put out periodically. They've also been doing sort of like an ongoing series with uh, Supergiant games for Hades, uh, which is just, just such a cool approach to one, let Supergiant, uh, that they're so open of letting them see their development, but yep. also on this other side, being able to release something in almost like a TV cadence. Um, but he is at Danny O'Dwyer, at D-A-N-N-Y-O-W... No, I said that wrong. D-A-N-N-Y-O-D-W-Y-E-R yeah. um, on Twitter. So go shout out him. And say, uh, if you guys have anything else to add to this, feel free to. But I'm going to say, hey, Danny, no clip is amazing. Keep doing awesome stuff. Yep. Just Love Podcast Beyond. Um, he's currently in Copenhagen right now shooting a making of doc for Hitman. Um, oh, yeah. He wanted to make more cool stuff like that. We are constantly talking about how important the creative process is on the video game side. And I think at a lot of studios not necessarily suffocate that, but I don't think they really elevate it because it's tough. And it's yeah. not always pretty. Uh, we talked about the God of War doc that With Danny, Kratos, yeah, yeah. That, that Danny didn't work on, but it feels like something that would have come out of his camp. Um, I, I love seeing more stuff like this. So support him, support his Patreon, um, give him a high five and a hug. So, so I mean, cool as hell because he's—I don't think he's ad powered at all. Like I think he's—it's mostly just crowdfunded. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now. yeah, and which—and he also doesn't review games, so there's no like conflicts there. He just kind of goes in and talks to people, and he does it after the games are out because surprise, after games come out, people have a lot more interest in how they're made. Yeah, yeah. which is uh, rather something. than the PR nonsense, which is like we're excited just, to focus on the specific things I, that we're here to I talk about today. Hate developer diaries. <laughs> And there 
you're in advance of the game and you don't know and it's just it's just a puff piece, you know? Well, the best thing they can possibly do is disappoint somebody who is hoping something that doesn't actually come to fruition when the mm-hmm. game comes out. And no, then, I mean, hearing hearing what was almost in something is some of my favorite, like that yeah. kind of, oh, yeah. of behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff, like... Yeah. So if you're a developer working on a game that's coming on PlayStation 4 and you want to come talk on the show about things you couldn't or could put in your game we're really excited about, uh, let us know. Beacon.IGN.com. And please, Snapple, again, please sponsor me with free Snapple. Thank you. Uh, Before we end, I also want to do a quick memory card. Uh, Again, I don't have jingles. So, Brian, give me a memory card jingle. Memory, memory, memory card. Was that <laughs> not having the memory card sheep? <laughs> Wait, was that like, like a, a memorable memory, goat? The memory a card sheep? sheep? I don't know. Why a you sheep? Had that, I don't know. Why'd you have such like a like a twangy country time? It's a jingle. It has it's nothing about, to do with it's it. About it's about solid state spe- media. Specific. It's the, least, it's the least agricultural thing. The sheep? No. The mem- The memory card. Really pulled the wool over our eyes on that one. Memory card is a segment here each week where we read your stories that you've written in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. Uh, they can be funny. They can be sad, heartfelt, weird, whatever. Uh, we take any and all stories. Uh, thank you all so much for continuing to write in. Uh, we have a huge backlog, but if you have written in, uh, don't worry. We're getting through them slowly but surely, and please continue to send in your stories. Uh, this, this week's comes from Joshua. Joshua says, hey, Jonathan and Podcast Beyond crew, I've got a simple yet meaningful memory card segment for you. It involves the start of my love for video games and how that love has almost come full circle. When I was maybe five or six, I woke up one Easter morning to my first ever home video game console, the PlayStation 2. I also received my first video game, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase for the PS1. Wow. I was and still am a big Scooby-Doo fan. Speaking of detective games, (laughs) it's a good one. (laughs) It it blew my little mind that I was playing as my favorite character through levels in one of my favorite movies. However, that's not truly what made me fall in love with video games. The next game I received at a later date was Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. Yeah. At the time, and especially for me, the openness of those worlds combined with the wonder and variety of it all was breathtaking. But what really made Spyro something special to me was playing the game with my dad. We would take turns playing switching control when one of us would lose a life and exploring the realm of Avalar with my father gave me an entirely new love and appreciation for video games and especially Spyro. When I look back over nearly 20 years of video game playing, I can truly say my love of video games began there. Now for the full circle part, I was beyond ecstatic when the Reignited Trilogy was announced last year, not only for the pure nostalgia trip of replaying those games, but because I am now a father. While my son is only one years old right now, I can't wait for the day I get to relive the adventures of Spyro with him. To share the same experience with him as I did with my dad will be one of the most rewarding memories of my life. Thanks for all that you do. I love listening to Beyond while at work every week. You guys are awesome. Keep up the hard work and beyond. Josh. That's adorable. Thank yeah. you. It's really Thank cute. you so much, Josh, for yeah. sending that in. It's definitely the Sheep of the Week Award. Bad. Sheep of the Week. Not bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you can write in to, I love it, uh, beyond at IGN.com with your memory card segments. Again, please continue to write them in. We love them so much and really appreciate you sending all those in. Uh, we're wrapping up. I have a user-submitted trophy test if you guys want to try your luck. That sounds like a disease thing. <laughs> user-submitted trophy test? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Do you want to see if you test positive or negative for these fun trophy facts? I guess. (laughs) My ex had a USTT. (laughs) Tom, how are you doing there? It's not true. It's fake. It's it's a joke. It's not real. (laughs) We can talk about the sheep again. Wolf! (laughs) That's a different animal. God. That's actually the wolf, the enemy of the sheep and of of Mr. Bloodborne. (laughs) Sometimes he dresses like the sheep. Can't that one. Well, your name's Scott Bloodborne. Is that what you said his name was? Stephen Bloodborne. Stephen. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Mike wrote in to beyond at IGN.com and said, Hi, Jonathan. Love the show. Been listening for a while now. I'd love to hear you guys do a trophy test for a relatively forgotten PS3 gym, Alpha Protocol. 
aka Mass Effect, but with spies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a list here. Certainly way more than you need. We'll just go through them. Sure. But this way you get to pick the ones you think are best. Hope to hear it on the show soon. Uh, so Mike's trophy test for Alpha Protocol. Uh, I'm going to begin taking a score on these later on, so don't worry here. Uh, the subscri- uh, What I do in trophy test is I will give you a description of a trophy, and everyone on the panel must guess what is the real trophy title. I'll give you two titles, one real, one fake. Give me the real one after you've heard this, the description. Again, I have not written these... So if you think my puns are bad, they're not my puns. But thank you, Mike, for writing all these in. Um, complete the training mission. Trophy number one is complete the training mission known as boot camp or basic training. Basic training. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. I'm going to go with boot camp. The correct answer, basic training. Yeah. Crap. Spies don't go through boot camp. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a computer joke, like it's booting up or something. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, um, complete alpha protocol on hard difficulty. Is that called true alpha or hardcore? <laughs> no. What is the real name? True alpha or hardcore? How true. many wine spritzers were involved? True, <laughs> true alpha. Uh, I'll go with that too. I'm going to go with hardcore. Max, you're correct. It's hardcore. Oh, yeah. Tie game, everyone. Your contrarian strategy has paid off. Yeah. Uh, reconcile with Alpha Protocol and stop Halbeck. Is that called Crime Buster or Let Bygones Be Bygones? Crime Buster. I'll go with Bygones. I'll go with Bygones this time. Yeah. Brian, you are correct. It oh, is Crime man. Buster. Really? That's right. Yes. That is the real... Stupid name. <laughs> Complete the alpha other one is too. What did you want here? <laughs> That's true. Lose, lose scenario. Complete Alpha Protocol using the recruit background. Is that called Evolution of an Action Hero or Buy Your Bootstraps? Complete alpha protocol using the recruit background. I'm going to play the boot card again and go with bootstraps. I'm going with bootstraps, too, because I'm, I'm imagining there was a character limit back then. <laughs> all, all in on bootstraps. You were all wrong. It's evolution. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the, there goes the character nothing. limit. Yeah. Uh, moving on. on boots. <laughs> <laughs> prevent a riot from killing hundreds in Taipei. I really do not know this game. What? Uh, prevent a riot from killing hundreds in Taipei. Is it keeping the peace or whistleblower? Keeping the peace sounds like a, a more uh, like a stronger title for stopping hundreds of people from dying. I think whistleblower. Yeah, I'll go peace. Brian and Tom, you are correct. I don't think I like this game. Discover Alpha the identity protocol, of Sung's assassin. Is it a killer unmasked or a plot uncovered? Unmasked. Yeah. I don't know. You got to pick one of the two. Uh, There's two the things. Second one. A plot uncovered. Max, you are correct. What? It is not a killer on mask. But the character wears a mask for the whole He's game, I imagine. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my favorite when we have no idea. You have no game. idea at all. Also, uh, these could all be lies. Yeah, we don't know. We just have to trust our fans. Uh, alpha lies. Romance Madison is the uh, title of that trophy. Rome ants, such as they are in Rome. Maybe a location in this game, who knows? Or That's Amore. Rome ants or that's amore. Oh man! I'm going to pick a third option, which is the bridges of Madison County. <laughs> that would have been a way better one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, second one. Yeah, Ro- I'm going to go with Rome ants. I'll go with amore. You're both saying amore. You're saying romance. Yeah. The correct answer is romance. Yes. Oh, no. I knew it. Shame on you, Alpha Protocol developers. I have fond memories of making out with Allison. <laughs> Um, Madison. <laughs> Madison. I'm going to do two more. Complete the game without being seduced. 
What? Is that No Time for I Love. Wanna, I want to play this game. It's, time time. <laughs> it's getting increasingly horny. No Time for Love or Hard to Get, which is the real trophy title. Uh, no Time for Love. Hard to get. What do you two unseducible men say? Because <laughs> <laughs> hey. you're in relationships. I'll go No Time also. So you're saying no time, you're saying no time, and you're Well, one is an Indiana Jones Just finished the show. And the other one is a Rick James song. No time for love is the real answer. Sorry, Max. I should have known. <laughs> final, final trophy. Alienate secret agent Stephen Heck. Not Stephen Bloodborne, but Stephen Heck. Is that never trust a sociopath or get the heck out of there? Get the heck out of there. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one, get too. Get the heck out of there. That's I'm, a good one. That's my answer, too, because that's what I want to do. You're all wrong. Oh, I don't think never no, it doesn't matter. We picked a better think one. Whoever named them is wrong. Yeah, we picked. We picked ones. the best one. Sorry, whoever wrote that email is also better. At I would also. Party I would also. One congratulations. I did. Yeah, sweet. I would also go with heck no and heck yeah. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Anyway, this has been Beyond Episode Five Hundred Ninety Seven. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your memory card, Josh. Thank you for your trophy test, Mike. Uh, thank you for listening or watching this episode. Remember, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com in video form, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond in video form, and on all your favorite podcast services in audio. Uh, when we're not here recording or prepping Comic-Con or writing reviews or doing the news, Max, where can people find you? You can find me, Max Scoville, on Twitter or Max Scoville on Instagram, or just probably hanging out in the Best Buy parking lot with those seagulls. Brian, which uh, parking lot can you be found in? You can find me in the in an abandoned parking lot fighting ghosts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Agent Pizzle. You can find me on Instagram at Brian Altano. And Tom? You can find me at the hotel bar on Wine Cooler Top <laughs> Four Wednesdays. <laughs> on uh, Spritzy Night. Yeah, Spritzy Night. That's what my bar night. has wine coolers? I want to go there. <laughs> and you're also Tom uh, R. Marks at, on Twitter. At Tom R. Marks on Twitter, which uh, Jonathan will never guess the middle R for. Yeah, what is it? You have to guess. I thought it was recipes. Robert. No. It's not. Rutabaga. No. Randolph. That would have been really good. Riverdale. No. no. River Ron- City Ransom. Ron Konkuma. What? It's a town in Long Island. No, it I isn't. believe yeah, you. Yeah, Ron Konkuma. Uh, this is the train to Ron Konkuma. Ron Perlman. Uh, now, when you, you say it that way, it sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. My Such name, Brian, is Tom Ron, Ron Perlman, Perlman Marks. <laughs> Sold. Uh, thank you, Tom, Ron Perlman, Marks. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Max. And thank you all for watching listening at home. And as always, beyond. 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 Bartles and James. Bah. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.